Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. We're answering the biggest questions for some NFC teams as we get ready for training camp next on Fantasy Football Today in 5. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today in 5. I'm Chris Towers here with Jamie Eisenberg. It's the Tuesday, July 26th episode of FFT in 5. We're going to tackle the big questions surrounding the 49ers, Buccaneers, and Eagles as they get set to report to training camp. We'll start with the Buccaneers. Jamie, what can we expect from Chris Godwin, both in training camp and this season? Well, Chris, uh, I'm sure anybody that's uh, paid attention to a lot of um, our our content, um, I know you're not a big fan of, of Godwin based on his value coming into the season. Um, it certainly is uh, is fair to be concerned about where he will be in camp because I don't think we're going to see him much in camp. I'm sure the Bucks, knowing what their aspirations are, they don't need him to win September. They need him to win in January and potentially February. So I'm sure they're going to be cautious with him. Uh, I think that's going to be troubling for fantasy managers that are targeting Chris Godwin. But I think if you're targeting him appropriately, you know, the hope would be is by we, by the time we get to, you know, I hope it's not week six, but probably, you know, somewhere between week four and week six, you know, he's back to the Chris Godwin that we know and love. And I think if you're looking at some sort of a strategy, it may not be a bad idea to draft Marquise Brown, let's say in round four and Chris Godwin in round five, if both are available then, because by the time DeAndre Hopkins is back and maybe Marquise Brown's season starts to take a little bit of a dip, Chris Godwin can pick things up for you and maybe be a, a wide receiver swap. Not that you ever want to have that sort of theory going into rounds four and round five, but I think it's going to be, you know, sort of one of those mid-season type of, you know, uh, scenarios where Chris Godwin becomes the guy that we know that he can be. I think he'll still be the, the receptions leader when he's on the field for the Bucs. Uh, the loss of uh, not only Rob Gronkowski, but also Antonio Brown, I think will be good for Godwin. And as much as Russell Gates can step in and, and do some of the, the things that they hope he can do to, to help replace Godwin, Godwin, I think, is still the go-to guy for Tom Brady. Patience being the key word when it comes yep. to drafting Chris Godwin in 2022. And there might be, you might need a little bit of patience with the 49ers offense if there are any growing pains with Trey Lance expected to take over at QB. What do you think Trey Lance at QB means for this 49ers offense? I always love these conversations about these mobile quarterbacks because we as fantasy analysts get so excited about what they can do. Mm-hmm. And then it's, well, this guy's going to struggle and this guy's going to suffer and this guy's going to get, you know, you know, downward in production. But I think that's kind of the case with, with what the 49ers pass catchers are going to deal with a little bit because, look, it, it's not just the fact that, that Trey Lance is going to run and escape pockets, certainly at a much different level than that Jimmy Garoppolo ever did. It's that he's inexperienced. And, you know, it's, it's not just an experience from a college guy going to the pros. He was an inexperienced college guy. And, you know, I, th- I think we all, you know, sort of knew that. And so, you know, the, the stories that you hear are, are not encouraging about, you know, that he had the finger injury and then, you know, arm fatigue in, in the offseason. That stuff doesn't bother me. What bothers me is I think that, you know, if everybody's healthy, it's hard for Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and Brandon Ayuk, I think, to all play at a high level in this type of offense that they're going to run with Trey Lance. And so, 
Uh, I've been typically out on Debo because you have to take him in round two. He's not the type of player that I tend to target in that range. I think even as a receiver, he'll still be fine, but I think he's going to lose some of his, you know, rushing uh, production. I don't think he's going to run as much. Um, Kittle, I think, is is a fine target, but you know what you're getting with Kittle, probably some injuries along the way. And, and mm-hmm. you know, will he still be as good with Lance? You know, the, the numbers don't necessarily bear that out, but the small sample size. Ayuk is probably the one that you gamble on or should gamble on the most because he's the cheapest. Uh, but again, you know, is he in the doghouse or is he going to be, you know, the guy that we saw at the end of last season or maybe even the guy that we saw at the end of his rookie season when he was super a superstar? So uh, Ayuk is the one that I, I tend to lean toward the most. But for the most part, I don't draft a lot of 49ers pass catchers because I do think it's going to be a little bit tough for them if they all stay healthy to produce at a high level. All right. And last question. Do you expect the Eagles to be more pass heavy after trading for A.J. Brown from the Titans this offseason? I think so. You know, the fact that they uh, allowed or at least didn't replace uh, the plotting running back that they had last year in Jordan Howard. You know, maybe that just speaks volumes to what they expect from Miles Sanders staying healthy and Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott, you know, kind of filling that backfield. But I mean, they were clearly aggressive, you know, to go get AJ Brown, giving up a first round pick and, and, and going out and getting a guy that, you know, can be a difference maker in, the, in their passing game, you know? And, and I think you look at the, the way that the halves sort of went for them last year in, in, in their season, you know, they realized that they weren't running the ball enough, and then they went so far in the opposite direction, just started running the ball ad nauseum. It also sort of coincided with when they moved on from Zach Ertz. So they lost a big piece of their passing game. Um, you were asking a, a young player in Devontae Smith to lead this receiving core. He doesn't have to do that now. And so I think if you, let's say, drop Tom Brady in the Eagles and said, you've got A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, and Devontae Smith, we'd be like, oh, my God, this is the, you know, one of the best receiving cores in football. Um, now it's up to Jalen Hurts and, and certainly Nick Sirianni to allow that to sort of, you know, materialize and flourish. So, yes, I'm buying it. To what extent, we'll find out. Uh, but I do like Jalen Hurts. Uh, he, he's, you know, probably a little bit too aggressive, but having ranked as a top five quarterback, I think he's going to take a huge step forward. Uh, still love A.J. Brown as a, a number one receiver, expecting Devontae Smith to take a step forward, and I like Dallas Goddard. So, uh, yes, I'm, I'm all in on the Eagles being a more pass-happy team, and hopefully what we saw in the first half of last season with now better weapons, you know, materializes for everybody. Yeah, Jalen Hurts, the, the upside is sky high for fantasy. And, and hopefully, you know, we, we've seen flashes from him as a passer. So if he can be, you know, even pretty good, there's a ton of upside for this offense. All right, that'll do it for FFT and 5. We'll be back on Wednesday to talk more about the injuries you need to know coming into training camp. See you later.